Here we go. You're listening to Open Mic Friday, Law and Gospel, on this March the 26th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And what we're going to be doing is not talking on the phone because we're not yet back in the studio, but we do have emails that we received. And one of them is about an Atlanta gunman's church revokes his membership. Now, for what reason? Well, his name is Robert Aaron Long, and he is accused of killing eight people, mostly women of Asian descent, at three Atlanta massage parlors last week. And it says he has been removed from the membership of his church as the congregation leaders say they can no longer affirm that he is truly a regenerate believer in Jesus Christ. Now, what church did this? It's called Crab Apple First Baptist Church in Fulton County. And it released a statement announcing that it has completed the process of church discipline to remove Robert Aaron Long from membership. Now, that's normally called excommunication. And there's a specific process to do that. Part of the process is talking with the people or the person who is accused of the sin. Not to find out whether or not they did the sin, but whether or not there is any repentance there. Nowhere in any article that I read did the church have the opportunity or think it was necessary to talk to him. They just removed him. And here's the reason. There's a lengthy letter from the church. This is part of it. We want to be clear that this extreme and wicked act is nothing less than rebellion against our holy God and his word. Aaron's actions are antithetical to everything that we believe and teach as a church in the strongest possible terms. We condemn the actions of Aaron Long as well as his stated reasons for carrying out the wicked plan. Now, there's no doubt that this man had a sex sex addiction and that he was visiting these spas that what I've read also contributed to prostitution, etc. And he says he felt that he needed to get rid of these terrible temptations. What I find interesting is a comment by the church that this extreme and wicked act is nothing, nothing less than rebellion against our holy God and his word. Now, who would disagree with that? That somebody goes ahead and murders individuals 
regardless of whether those individuals are people who are perfect Christians or terrible sinners, because we're all terrible sinners. What I find most interesting is they consider this an extreme and wicked act as nothing less than rebellion against our holy God and his word. You know who that reminds me of? Saul. That's right. Saul went ahead and also murdered individuals who were Christians. And it took a while for the church to recognize that he repented of his sin and became a Christian. Remember, Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, and then he was baptized. What is really clear is this church takes a look at when a person does a sin and removes them from membership because this sin is rebellion against our holy God and his word. Have they not read the Sermon on the Mount? There's no distinction in the Sermon on the Mount between murdering someone through violence or through a word or through a thought. They all get the same punishment, according to Jesus, eternal damnation. That's why we confess in our liturgy many times that we have sinned against the Lord by thought, word, and deed. So they they say, well, this is such a terrible sin. The person must be removed. Reminds me of the Roman Catholic Church prior to the time of the Reformation. There were certain sins for which there was no forgiveness available. Uh, One of them was murder. Now, since then, the Roman Catholic Church has found that when they visit prisons, as I have done, that is one of the best places to let people know about the wonderful forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And numbers of prisoners have come to faith by hearing the message. There was no message from the church to this individual who did the murders. I'm not saying that what he did was okay. I'm just saying that when members of the congregation go over the speed limit, when they speak out against someone because of envy, or when they cheat on their income taxes, now I'm not saying any of them are doing that, but I've been involved with a lot of congregations. And I don't find anybody in any of those congregations that are not dealing in the extreme and wicked acts in rebellion against our holy God and his word. In fact, again, going back to the liturgy, it says, I, a poor, miserable sinner, deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment, but I am heartily sorry for them. Is anybody talking to Robert Long from the church as to whether he is truly sorry for what he has done? Now, why this has become quite an issue 
is that seven of the eight people long killed were women and six were of Asian descent. Long told law enforcement that he would regularly visit two of the massage parlors he attacked. In fact, it's reported that police had identified the spas as places where sex work and possible sexual exploitation regularly occurred. Now, the suspect, and remember he's a suspect at this time, told police he saw the people who worked at the spas as temptations he needed to eliminate. Now, there was a response, and that was in the internet. Some commentators online were quick to criticize the Southern Baptist culture and teachings on sexual immorality. The church's statement assured that Long's actions are a total repudiation of our faith and practice. Well, that's true about any sin, is a total repudiation of what God wants us to practice. But does that mean we just remove anybody from the church? When I was at a congregation for many years, we removed or excommunicated six individuals. But it often took over a year and a half to do that. Because as the scripture says, one person talks to them, then you bring somebody else, maybe an elder with you, And if they don't listen to those people, then you tell it to the church. So excommunication would occur of people living together before marriage. And they had decided that that was not against God's will. That's what the Southern Baptist Church teaches. And that's what's being referred to, that the Southern Baptist culture does teach sexual immorality. So people were saying, okay, what's the church going to do about that? The statement from the church says, such actions are completely unacceptable and contrary to the gospel. Okay, you can take that sentence and put it on any sin that members of this church do. And that would be also sins of thought. I had a close friend that was arrested for homosexual activity. I visited him a number of times, and I remember the last time I visited him, he had left his wife, and he was living in an attic of another person's home, renting it out. And he looked very ill, and he apologized and repented of his sin. And at that point, because he had been a member of the church and no excommunication had been done and he had apologized, we communed him. Now this was a person who had done a completely unacceptable act contrary to the gospel. Now, The church digs its hole even more. It said, we do not teach that acts of violence are acceptable 
against certain ethnicities or against women. You know what they're talking about? They're talking about a hate crime. Well, guess what? The authorities have already indicated that they don't have the evidence that this is a hate crime against certain people. So the church is now saying that this is a hate crime because women were put to death. Additionally, the church rejected the notion that women are responsible for men's sexual sin against them. Now that takes some thinking because when we have women who sell their bodies uh, for cash and men fall into that sin, are we saying that the women are innocent? Now, I agree that the man has to make the decision to sin with them, but there's not one word from the church that the kinds of things that were going on at the spas were sins done by women. Yes, you can't blame a woman for a man making a decision to sin against God. But the women were also sinning if what law enforcement says is occurring. That that doesn't give anybody the right to punish the women or to murder them as he did. The church says each person is responsible for his or her own sin. But what are they talking about? They're not talking about what was going on at the spas. They say, in this case, the shooter is solely responsible for his actions, not the victims who were targeted. The victims are not totally innocent of not doing sin, but that's not mentioned by the church at all. The church is correct that they are not responsible for the shooter's actions, he made that decision. In fact, the church goes on and denounced any and all forms of hatred or violence against Asians or Asian Americans. You begin to wonder, why is the church making all these statements before even the criminal authorities have decided this is a hate crime? So far, it is not. They say, this is from the church, Scripture teaches and we believe that all human beings are created in the image of God. Have they not heard of the fall of Adam and Eve into sin? We lost that image. We are not born as truly righteous and sinless in God's sight. We're born with original sin. The church goes on. All people are equal in dignity, value, and worth. That's not true. If, if you have a mass murderer, that person is not worthy of dignity, value, and worth. In fact, the church itself 
does not give any worth to Robert Aaron Long. They don't consider him to have value because they removed him from the Christian church without due process. They say, we repudiate any and all forms of racism. Now, get this next sentence. We categorically reject the idea that violence is appropriate regardless of one's issues or motivations. Oh, so that means a Christian cannot go to war, cannot become a soldier, cannot have the goal of doing violence against the enemy. This church really needs to get back into the Bible because to say that we reject any violence regardless of motivation is untrue. Say you're a husband with a wife and children in a house and people break in and they have guns and they are ready to shoot your children or your wife. And so you are able to get your gun and you shoot them in self-defense. That is appropriate. Now, if they run out of the house and they're running away and you shoot them in the back, that is not appropriate because the danger has passed. But can you imagine being a member of this congregation and being told that violence is never appropriate regardless of the issue? The church also stated that it does not blame the victims. Well, it depends what they mean by that. Yes, you don't blame the victims who are murdered. You blame the murderer. But they give the impression that the lives of these women were according to God's word. How come they're not removing the women from their church if any of them are members? They say he alone is responsible for his evil actions and desires. The women, and here's the church saying this, that he solicit the women that he solicited for sexual acts are not responsible for his perverse sexual desires, nor do they bear any blame in these actions that were done by the murderer. Well, talk about giving an innocent. These women do not need to confess that they're poor, miserable sinners, deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. Now, nobody should do temporal punishment towards them. That's always kind of in God's purview. But these actions are the result of a sinful heart and depraved mind for whom Aaron is completely responsible. Now, you know what a defense attorney is going to do. He's going to show that according to what the church says, he has a depraved mind. And therefore, he was really not in charge of his motivations. Crabapple First Baptist Church, they have other motivations in writing these letters. In fact, They've taken down their website and their social media, and here's their explanation. 
we feared for the safety of members of our church community. Now, it says it's cooperating with law enforcement and deny that Long's father ever worked for the church. I don't know why they're doing that. Somebody must accuse them of that. There is also a GoFund page that has raised more than $2.7 million for two sons of one of the victims. The one is 22 years old, and the other is 21 years old. And so they have a kind of a list of how you can support the members of this family. And we're not opposed to that because when your mother is killed by murder, even the son says, we don't know what we're going to be able to do next. Now, what I find really interesting are some of the comments that others write. This one is by Gang Zua. Here's what he writes. According to one reliable source, the psalmist David, who wrote the famous Psalm 23, was once a murderer, just as this young son may have been. But David then wrote Psalms 32, 51, 86, and 122 after he murdered Uriah while contemplating stealing Bathsheba, among other sins he committed. Still, over the past 2,000 years, it appears that no one in the Christian community has ever proposed taking out these psalms written by David after he has committed those sins, including his murderous act against Uriah. How come? If David is allowed to remain in the Bible as one of the better-known psalm writers, why should this young man who allegedly committed the same sin of murdering a number of people working in a so-called spa for male patrons be excommunicated from his church? Is it because his church is too perfect for him or just the opposite is true? That's really insightful. You've got not only David, who was a murderer, you have Saul, who was a murderer, you have even disciples of Jesus who did horrendous acts, telling Jesus he's not going to Jerusalem to be killed. And how did Jesus respond to Peter when he said that? Get thee behind me, Satan. So are, are we going to kick Peter out of the Bible also and say, well, he was doing a terrible act against God and therefore should not be a member of the church. One individual, James Glazier, he says, his church, the murderous church, is part of the purity movement, which states that normal sexual urges are sinful, and that it is the responsibility of women to control a man's sexual urges and not the man being held accountable. One sermon in particular that was pulled off the church's website said as much. 
When you are told from a very young age that normal sexual urges are wrong and are shamed because of them, this is a powder keg waiting to explode. Well, I do believe that the church did speak out against these terrible actions. But that doesn't mean that the church was wrong. Jesus himself says, even the thought of murder is a problem. Jason writes, revoking his membership? What good does that do? Isn't it an essential part of Christianity that all sinners can be forgiven and are saved? So there's articles about this that you can find on the internet where people take different sides. But my main complaint is that there was no true participation on the part of the church to meet with Robert Aaron Long and see if he was repentant. And therefore, the church revoked his membership in an unchristian way. If they had taken the time, it's possible that they would have excommunicated him if he was not repentant, but nobody knows that. I'm Tom Baker. We'll continue with these law and gospel insights on Monday when we take a look at lessons for the following Sunday. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.